Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. Denver Broncos pass rusher Bradley Chubb underwent an ankle procedure last week. How long is it expected for him to be out of action, and will he be ready for the start of training camp towards the end of July? Plus, we take a too early projected look at the Broncos defensive depth chart here on today's brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, which is brought to you by our good friends over there at Built Bar. And you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order today. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the show here, Lockdown Broncos on the YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn on the notifications for daily exclusive Denver Broncos news content and coverage, and also follow, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Odyssey app. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Denver Broncos analyst for the Locked On NFL Network, plus director of video content and senior NFL analyst at Pro Football Network, you can follow me at Twitter, at Cody Rourke NFL. Make sure you follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. And make sure you engage in the comment section here on the YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that like button for the algorithm. I look forward to interacting with Broncos country continuously more. But it is Monday. Hope all of you had an amazing weekend. But we have a brand new episode in store for you here today. Uh, and it was surprising news over the weekend starting things off was that Mike Kliss on Saturday had reported that Bradley Chubb underwent surgery last week, a minor ankle procedure to remove a bone spur in the ankle that was bothering him last season that forced him to miss the final two games of the 2020 NFL regular season. And I think the first thing everybody thought, and I saw a, a variety of different responses in the comments, and this is why I just wish information, you know, people would allow things to process first, but this is a minor procedure for Chubb. Um, we saw comments in the sections already for Broncos fans saying Bradley Chubb is a bust. I don't think that's the case. Denver views him very highly. You know, he had that ACL injury. That was unfortunate, but he really turned it on for the team last season and stepped up in a major way, especially in the absence of Von Miller, and they picked up his club option. There is a strong optimism that Denver is looking to extend him, and I know that you're seeing him being thrown into some trade proposals uh, for certain quarterbacks, we're not going to get in that discussion because it's just hypothetical. We're not going to go chasing unicorns here on the podcast just yet. So uh, for Bradley Chubb, yes, that's going to be the timeline for him. He's going to he's going to be expected to miss OTAs, right? Phase two of the offseason program began last week. He's expected to miss this. He's expected to miss the start of mandatory minicamp, but he is expected to be ready for the start of training camp, according to Ian Rappaport. So that is good news. And one of the questions I think somebody threw my way and I felt like I had to touch on it is, why do some of these procedures occur at this point of the offseason, especially, you know, as you see teams and players report back to facilities? Well, I think that one of the things I wanted to talk about regarding that is that when you get back on the football field and you're at the training facility and you're able to get looked at, if it's still bothering you, despite the fact that you've worked in the offseason, you've strengthened your body. I mean, you've been preparing, you've been working out, you've been lifting and you've been doing football related drills. Uh, you go through these things and you start to feel, you know, maybe some scar tissue. Now, originally, when you have a cleanup procedure, a lot of times doctors and surgeons will go in, they'll clean up scar tissue. Anytime you have like a sprained ankle, scar tissue will build up. I know that once I had my ACL injury, and I know Chubb, for example, had this too, when he had his ACL, when they cut you open, that scar tissue hardens and it, it's tough and it causes uncomfortableness and it causes you to really kind of question things because sometimes you're going to feel that scar tissue pop and you're going to wonder, whoa, did something bad just happen? But a lot of times scar tissue popping is a good thing. It is painful. But for Chubb, the ankle was bothering him last year. So they went in, they removed it, it was called a bone 
bone spur. And those things can be very uncomfortable. This isn't expected to really hinder what he's able to do at the start of training camp. He's expected to be fully ready to go. But sometimes this is the perfect point of the offseason. We see various players around the NFL sometimes get these knee scope procedures, a meniscus cleanup, because it's usually only a four-week, four or five-week probably process. So he's going to be in a walking boot for a few weeks. But he should be ready to go for the start of camp. So Broncos country, do not dwell. And try not to be so negative about Bradley Chubb. I tell you, he's a phenomenal player for this team. Von Miller's back on a one-year deal. The Broncos got him at the point that they got him because Von Miller one day is going to retire or he's not going to be on the Broncos anymore. They hope that Chubb can be a lifelong Bronco the same way that I think Broncos fans hope that Von Miller can be a lifelong Bronco. There's still a possibility for the two things happening, but you know, I see a lot of negativity thrown towards Bradley Chubb's way off oftentimes in the Josh Allen hindsight argument in terms of the quarterback position. And I just want to say right here, Josh Allen would have never been the quarterback that he is right now. If he stayed in Denver, especially with the revolving door of offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches and staff turnover, it wouldn't have done Josh Allen any benefit. And he would have struggled the moment that he threw his first incomplete pass in Denver. So I just wanted to pump the brakes on that one. But this is also the perfect opportunity for the Broncos to take a look at their depth behind Chubb and behind Von Miller. Yes, Von's been there. Malik Reed, we know what Malik Reed can offer to the table, but the depth behind those guys is especially important. So right now, I'm really taking a look at Peter Tamopenu, one of the Broncos signings that are reported last Sunday for the organization, outside linebacker. He's only been in the league for two years and he's 27 years old. He's a fast, physical freak of nature. We did a feature episode on him on last week's episode, Lockdown Broncos, told a little bit about his story into the journey of football from high school to the collegiate level to the NFL level from Tonga. He's going to be one of those players that, that I really do feel like is going to make this roster as that fourth guy behind Malik Reed, Von Miller, and Bradley Chubb. But it also gives an opportunity for the team to take a look at Derek Tuska, their seventh-round pick from the 2020 NFL draft and the issue with Tuska last season we'll talk about it when we get into our projecting depth chart series coming up here in just a moment but the thing is his size has been a big question I think for many people but it's going to give him a lot of opportunities to get reps when mandatory minicamp does come in OTAs where you can ramp things up the intensity is going to ramp up a little bit for position coaches for teams not necessarily sure when they're going to transition to 11 on 11 stuff but everything is going to be non-contact it's just technique fundamental and building that continuity in terms of being around your position guys and also your other the players and coaches really understanding the terminology of the playbook going on the field carrying it out and doing the drills it's going to be necessary for your requirement to complete your job in the national football league so we're going to get an in-depth look at peter tamopenu and Derek tuska with the absence of bradley chubb but bradley chubb is expected back but broncos country coming up here in just a moment we're going to get into our conversation regarding a way too early depth chart projection we did it last week with the offense today we're taking a look at the broncos defense my projections my estimations based on just what i feel is going to be the case coming up here in just a moment but before we do that folks I have to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at Credit Karma. And Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. That's a lot of money, folks. So just pay with your debit card. And if you win, you'll be notified 
notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma today. Go to creditkarma.com slash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right, Broncos country, as we get into the second half here of Lockdown Broncos, like I said, I hope you all had an amazing weekend. In the meantime, if you're listening to Lockdown Broncos, the NBA playoffs are ongoing. The Colorado Avalanche took a 3-0 lead against the St. Louis Blues. You need to be listening to the Lockdown Avs podcast hosted by Chris Maselli and also the Denver Nuggets. They're in the playoffs. They had their first playoff game on Saturday against the Portland Trailblazers at Ball Arena. Did the Nuggets come out on top? Well, you got to check out Locked On Nuggets, hosted by Adam Mades and Matt Moore on the Locked On Podcast Network on your favorite podcast provider. You can get Colorado sports action every single day. But ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our conversation here, projecting a way too early look at the Broncos starting defense here in 2021. I'm going to pull it up here on my screen for you as it pertains to what we're looking at. And this is a depth chart that I have built myself specifically for the Denver Broncos defense. And I want your input. I want your feedback on it as we go through along. Let me know in the comment section down here below. First off, taking a look at the defensive line for the Denver Broncos, the front seven, the outside linebackers, the defensive line, and also the inside linebackers. Take a look at defensive end Shelby Harris. He's obviously projected to be the starting defensive end for the Broncos. Signed a three-year contract extension this offseason. Great to have Shelby back and I know that the Broncos will benefit from him being healthy this upcoming season we take a look at nose tackle we've got Mike Purcell he's my penciled in starter he's coming off of a Liz Frank injury he is ready to go and then Draymond Jones finally getting his chance to start for the Broncos at that right defensive end position we talked about him last week on Lockdown Broncos as the next big impact player for the Broncos defense and at outside linebacker you have Von Miller making his return after sitting out the entire 2020 NFL season due to an injury so it'll be good to have Von back into the mix here for the Broncos and then you have Josie Joy inside linebacker and Alexander Johnson and there's going to be some training camp position battles that we're going to be taking a look at involve the linebacker position we've talked about a little bit we've hinted at it but once training camp rolls around it's going to be under the microscope we're going to be there we're going to take notes and we're going to see how it goes and obviously Bradley Chubb getting a start at the other outside backer position for Denver that's a pretty solidified front seven in my opinion when you look at the beef and the size and the strength that the Broncos defensive line has internally and then the speed of the pass rush and the strength that Bradley Chubb has the speed and bend of Von Miller and then you have the linebackers who look Josie Jewell last year improved significantly for what Denver needs defensively and I was very proud of his progress he was a big surprise because not many people had him even starting the year against the Tennessee Titans and they had that big play he stuck Derrick Henry for a tackle for a loss in that Monday night football home opener but you know it was expected to, he was going to be a training camp casualty that's what a lot of people had projected myself included I was guilty of that but the outlaw Josie Jewell really turned my perspective around on him. He knew what he had to improve on, and he did just that. He was a stable part of what the Broncos defense needed last year. However, you can never get comfortable, and that's where competition is going to come in here. So behind a Josie Jewell, I've got Justin Sterned there, and Justin Sterned, we didn't get to see him debut last year. He had that ligament injury. It originally stemmed from a dislocation in his wrist. 
They went to reset it and it didn't, and it caused a ligament issue. And so from that point, he had to have emergency surgery because they didn't want to have any nerve damage there. He was out for the entire 2020 season, and he is a tall, rangy, athletic linebacker who the Broncos hope can maybe be that coverage dynamic that they do need. He's not necessarily going to be that 4-4 speed guy that we saw Devin White and Levante David in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs, but he is athletic enough and tall enough to get his hands up across the middle to really congest some of those passing lanes that quarterbacks might try to throw it across the middle. He's going to be there. He's long, he's rangy, and he can track sideline to sideline very quickly. So I think we're going to see a lot of Justin Stern. And even if he doesn't get the start this year, I think in certain personnel packages, sub packages, we're going to see a lot of him. And then Baron Browning, the Broncos third round selection this year out of Ohio State, working a lot so far in Broncos rookie minicamp and OTAs at that inside backer position. Not expected to be an outside backer option, though he has the opportunity to do so. I don't imagine Devers going to dip their finger in the waters of putting him there at outside backer because of the fact that they have Peter Tamopenu and they also have Derek Tuska. They really think that Browning can convert at the next level to be one of those guys that can track running backs out of the backfield and be one of those spies, especially if you're in the red zone where the Broncos for the last two seasons have been the number one red zone defense in the National Football League. You have a guy that can be surprising against the drag and the sit routes and the snag concepts. You're going to see a lot of these tight ends and wide receivers run and they really try to isolate you in one-on-one matchups. That's where Baron Browning is going to develop and like I mentioned, watching him so far in Broncos rookie minicamp, he is very fluid. He's got quick feet. He's got really fluid hips and he's quick reacting. And I think that's going to be a dynamic. He does have the possibility, I think, to be that Devin White type player. Maybe not to the impact that Devin White is because Devin White has earned that right, especially being where he was picked in the NFL draft as a first round talent. But I do believe that Baron Brown can be an underrated, um, under the radar type player alongside Justin Stern. Denver's got options there. And then you have Josh Watson, who was a key special teams player last year in some spurts, had a big tackle against the Las Vegas Raiders. And Joe Jones departed to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I imagine that Josh Watson's got an opportunity maybe to fill that role. There is Curtis Robinson, who's an undrafted rookie free agent out of Stanford. He could be a special teams guy, maybe if he makes the roster. But, I mean, the expectations right now to project an undrafted guy to make the roster are very It's low right now to be able to do it because we haven't seen him in action so far just yet. So we're keeping an eye on Robinson out of Stanford, but Josh Watson, obviously a CSU product. Uh, The Broncos like him a lot. I just don't know if he's going to attack the starting lineup in terms of being able to compete, especially against Sterned and Baron Browning. Uh, He's just a different type of cat. And I think he's more of an Alexander Johnson type player in terms of being an inside backer than he would be being that coverage guy. I think he's going to be a run stuffer. So how often will the Broncos need Watson? More than likely, he's going to have that excelled role on special teams, maybe in that Wesley Woodyard type role that he used to have in Denver, work his way up from special teams to being a starter on the defense. It's possible one day. I just don't see it being in 2021 for Josh Watson. So there is the linebacker position there. But now let's take a look at defensive end, folks. Defensive end for the Broncos, Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones. We talked about them as the starters. But behind Shelby Harris, I'm going to go with Deshaun Williams. And Deshaun Williams has been one of those players that's been invited to training camp. He's been a camp casualty, but he's been a player that's been consistent for Denver, and they've noticed it. And so last year, he really got the opportunity to make the active roster All of that hard work paid off as the Broncos dealt with injuries to Jarrell Casey, to Mike Purcell. Deshaun Williams came in and stepped up in a big way. And Vic Fangio and Coach Kalar really grew fond of his ability to create pressure on the interior and to get his hands up. I mean, he's just another sizable force, too, that can drive offensive linemen back towards the quarterback. And it helps collapse the pocket around him, especially if your pass rushers are doing their job. 
They really like Deshaun Williams. He's going to be that second guy behind Shelby Harris because he's reliable and he's earned that right, in my opinion. And he's still very hungry. He's been training at a very, very high level this offseason. So looking forward to seeing what Deshaun Williams can do. In terms of the other defensive end position, I'm going to go with Jonathan Cooper, the Broncos' other selection out of Ohio State. And this is a, you know, kind of the Ohio State connection. Draymond Jones, Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning. Uh, but taking a look at Cooper, I like his motor. I think he's got a really uh, unique position right here. Obviously, he had that heart procedure that he had done. Um, he's fine. He's ready to go for the start of OTAs. It's not going to be a really big deal for him. It was just a correction there. But Cooper's motor in terms of his discipline as well, when he can attack with his right, and let's say he's playing the left defensive end spot, his first move, if he's going to attack the, the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle, he does a really good job on film of attacking it with his right hand, keeping that left ha outside hand free. That way, if there's any run or jet sweep that comes across, he's really good at taking an angle at about 45 degrees to force the back to extend even deeper behind the line of scrimmage. It allows your cover guys to pursue there. He's a very disciplined edge defender. So for you know, he's not necessarily going to be the outside guy. He has the capability of doing so. I think he's going to be a rotational defensive end player. He's going to back up Draymond Jones. I think we're going to see his impact. Uh, he's going to rotate several times. He might be that rotational impact player that Draymond Jones was last year for the Broncos. So keep an eye on Jonathan Cooper out of Ohio State. And then at the nose tackle position behind Mike Purcell, coming off of a Liz Frank injury, the Broncos this offseason, they signed Shamar Steven, a former defensive lineman for the Minnesota Vikings, who really fits well in a 3-4 scheme due to his size. He can be a plug whether you line him up head up on the center, which would be a zero technique, or even in a one technique, which, which would be on the inside shade of one of the uh, shoulders of the uh, center. And he's going to be one of those guys that's going to command a double team. So Purcell and Steven, they can do that. And then keep an eye on McTelvin Najim in a rotational role for the Broncos on that defensive line. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our conversation about the Broncos starting secondary, the projected roles, the different lineups, because there's a lot of personnel there. But before we do that, folks, I have to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And they have nine delicious flavors, including the occasional limited time flavor, coconut, coconut, almond, raspberry, cherry, mint brownie, Peanut butter brownie, which is one of my personal favorites, double chocolate and salted caramel. So there is a flavor for everybody. And if you need something, as soon as you go out the door to go to work, if you don't have time to make breakfast, Built Bar is a great alternative because it is also healthy for you because it contains 17 grams of protein and only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar. I love Built Bar because it tastes great. It tastes just like a candy bar. And the bars, they're made out of 100% chocolate. And I want you to get your hands and your taste buds locked in to Built Bar today by going to BuiltBar.com and using promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And Broncos country, as we get into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of the show, just a reminder, after you're done listening to Locked On Broncos today on your favorite podcast provider, I want you to go search for Locked On Today and make sure you follow or subscribe if you're not doing so already because it's hosted by Peter Bukowski. In the realm of professional sports, we've got MLB news, NHL news, NBA, and NFL news ongoing all throughout the year, plus the collegiate news as well with college football starting up once again here in the very near future. Peter Bukowski goes through every major topic that's pertaining to sports right now in the 
professional realm alongside the local experts here at the Locked On Podcast Network. You can get that every single day. Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski. Well, Broncos country, let's continue our conversation on today's episode of the show, continuing our projection for the depth chart series here for the Broncos defense in 2021. I wanted to get into the back end of that secondary here for Denver. We went over the front seven, and it's a very depth-filled defensive line. Uh, front seven, outside backer, inside backer. If there's any player you feel like I missed or that should have been there that you believe is going to be a starter or is going to be on the 53, let me know. Let's talk about it in the comment section down below here on YouTube. But pulling it up here once again the depth chart for the Denver Broncos we take a look at that secondary okay and you've got you've got to notice right now I've got Patrick Sertan listed as the starting cornerback look I'm a big believer of the fact that you draft a guy first overall inside the top 10 and and with a player of his caliber considering that the Broncos if they wanted to they could have looked at other positions in the NFL draft in round number one they chose to go cornerback there is a reason why it was Patrick Sertan. The expectation is that he's going to be the day one starter. That's my projection. I think that if there's any talk right now that suggests otherwise, I'm not listening to it because of the fact that this kid is so talented and he's already got a tremendous mindset. I mean, when we hear him talk, he's got tremendous leadership. He was asked a question as to why he even reported for Broncos rookie minicamp and why he didn't decide to opt out or wait until mandatory camp. And he says, I'm a rookie. I haven't earned that right yet. I like his mentality. He's a hardworking guy. He comes from a very strong family, obviously with his dad playing in the NFL. The expectations are high for Patrick Sertan, and he's going to be ready, I think, week one against the New York Giants. I've got him starting in the Broncos base package right here, as you can see it in terms of a 3-4 defense. He's going to be the outside cornerback. And then the other outside cornerback of the Broncos base 3-4, I'm going to go with Bryce Callahan or, or Kyle Fuller at this point. I think it's a toss-up. Now, if you notice on the depth chart, I've got Kyle Fuller right behind Patrick Sertan. I believe that is cornerback one, cornerback two. We know that Bryce... His prominent role where the Broncos have success defensively is going to be inside that slot and that nickel. But we're going to get into the different rotations that Denver has here. I've got Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons obviously starting at the two safety positions because in Vic Fangio's defense, we consistently see a two-high safety look. We see rolling coverage with Kareem Jackson rolling down, covering anything in the hook to curl. We call it robber coverage, anything that's coming across. He's going to pick up, and we see Justin Simmons do that with Kareem dropping to the middle of the field, covering that deep middle third. Sometimes we see it in cover one. Sometimes we see cover zero where they lock up on everybody, and there's nobody deep. It's man-to-man. And Denver's got the personnel in that back end of that secondary where I really feel like They've got an opportunity to go man-to-man coverage a lot, and they can send pressure at their quarterbacks, and they can lock up against dudes. And that's going to lead to more takeaways, more you know, more forced turnovers for the Broncos, and potentially more opportunities for their defense to score this upcoming season. So taking a look at that, yes, Kyle Fuller is listed behind Sertan on this initial depth chart of saying Bassey is going to be one of those third element cornerbacks there, Ronald Darby, Michael Ojemudia, especially with Ronald Darby signing a three-year deal. He's going to be a rotation at the cornerback position. There's going to be competition. And Michael Ojemudia, obviously a huge fan of him. I think he's a very promising young player for him to have four forced fumbles as a rookie, speaks volumes. That's why I think he's going to get some reps this training camp behind Kareem Jackson at the strong safety position. Kareem Jackson, when he first came to Denver, he learned cornerback and he learned strong safety. He learned that nickel role. And then he excelled in that strong safety position as a too high safety look guy. Kareem Jackson's back on a one-year deal. Denver has not had a long-term plan behind him since they signed him. And that's where I think that Michael Ojemudi is going to come in because he can learn this season for Kareem and then take over as a strong safety guy next year for the Broncos when they decide to move on from Kareem or if Kareem goes elsewhere. But uh, it depends on how Kareem plays this year. If he plays lights out, I mean, Denver could extend him one or two years. 
That's a lot of hypothetical talk right now. So I don't want to get too far into that. So that kind of explains that behind Justin Simmons. I've got Jamar Johnson, Caden Stearns. Those guys can be options there. All the safeties, and I want I want to let you all know this too. There, there's no real true strong or free designation. Now, yes, you can look at Justin Simmons, say free, but Justin Simmons plays a lot of strong safety responsibilities. He comes up in the box. He comes up to stop the run. So for the Broncos defense, they don't necessarily have these designations of free or strong because each safety position has to know the same responsibilities. They have to be able to cover. They have to be able to tackle. So you have a rotation there of Ojemudia, Caden Stearns, Jamar Johnson, P.J. Locke. That's going to be the safety depth here for the Broncos, in my opinion. But we needed to get into some lineup conversations here. I think that Denver, despite depth, there's going to be a lot of players that are expected to contribute this season. I think that when we look at size matchups versus speed matchups, that will determine the shifts in personnel in terms of coverage. Uh, you're going to see more nickel and dime against some of the spread teams that the Broncos will face. Kansas City is going to be one of those. The Los Angeles Chargers, the nickel unit here. I just want to read this off to you. I want you to you know let me know in the comment section down below or on Twitter at Corey Workin'FL what you think of this. The nickel unit, Patrick Sertan on the outside, Ronald Darby or Kyle Fuller rotating. I have this in parentheses as a series rotation because they're both key players for the Broncos that they signed this offseason. Bryce Callahan inside that nickel, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. Okay, that's a nice lineup right there. Now let's get into the dime unit here for the Broncos. I've got Patrick Sertan on the outside, Bryce Callahan on the inside covering the slot, and then I have Kyle Fuller covering the slot on the other side of the field. Ronald Darby on the outside, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, your six defensive backs in the dime package. That right there is very appealing to me. I like it, and I want to I want to see more of it. I mean, to be honest with you, that's, that's my realm. I want to see more coverage by the Broncos. I think they have the personnel to match up with Kansas City in terms of their offensive talent. Last year, Denver did a really good job, especially against the wide receivers, but the one guy that hurt them the most, Travis Kelsey. The one guy that hurt the Broncos last year in some of the matchups against the Raiders was Darren Waller. So Denver's got these different opportunities to match up based on their personnel against other teams' personnel. Personally, I'm looking forward to seeing Patrick Sertan against Keenan Allen, Mike Williams a little bit, some back and forth. But I think that the Broncos playing the AFC West, a majority of their games towards the end of the season, I think is going to bode well because this team, I was talking with a commenter here on YouTube about it. Denver might have their identity fully established at this point in time. So uh, I, I like the Broncos defensive lineup. That was my projection here for the upcoming 2021 NFL season. Broncos country, let me know in the comment section down below here on YouTube what you thought of my projections. What projections do you have? Let's interact. Let's have dialogue here in the comment section down below. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button here, Lockdown Broncos, and like the video as well for the algorithm. But I look forward to interacting with you even more. But Broncos country, that will do it for today's episode of the show. Tomorrow is Twitter Tuesday, but we're going to open things up to YouTube as well. If you have a specific Broncos-related question that you would like me to answer on the show tomorrow, let me know in the comment section down below here on YouTube. Also, tweet me on Twitter at Cody Phil. We will answer it here. Lockdown Broncos. But with that said, I'm your host as always, Cody Work. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the channel, on YouTube, on your favorite podcast provider. And also, follow me on Twitter at Cody Work and Follow the show at Lockdown Broncos. But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.